You could spend the weekend doing the same old whatever, or you could conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. This episode is brought to you by Atlassian. Atlassian software like Jira, Confluence, and Trello help power global collaboration for all teams so they can accomplish everything that's impossible alone. Because individually, we're great, but together, we're so much better. Learn how to unleash the potential of your team at Atlassian.com, A-T-L-A-S-S-I-A-N.com, Atlassian. Tap the banner or visit this episode's page to learn more. Hey guys, it's Kyle and welcome to the season premiere of 10 Questions. If you're a new listener, glad to have you. You've been with me since season one. Glad to have you back. Click follow on Spotify. It helps. And please enjoy Eli Manning. Eli was great. We talked all about how he's become this media darling on Monday Night Football. Talked about his early years, how he came into the league and refused to play for the Chargers, ended up with the Giants. All sorts of stuff I had never heard Eli talk about before. He was great. He was generous. You will enjoy it. The season premiere of 10 Questions. Eli Manning, right now. Take it away, Bruce Buffer. This podcast is scheduled for 10 questions. Fighting out of New York, standing at 5 feet 11 inches tall, and wearing the red, white, and blue trunks, presenting Kyle Brass. Thank you, Bruce Buffer. We're back. Another episode of 10 Questions, another season of 10 Questions. Not like every other podcast, it's not just some old conversation. It is a competition. We find the competitors and bring them in and ask them 10 questions. If they get a question right, they get a point. If they get a question wrong, they get diddly. And everybody leaves with a final score. Our highest score ever is a nine. Our lowest score is a three. I think we should find out how today's contestant is going to do. But before we bring him in, Let's give this gentleman, this esteemed gentleman, just a little context of just a few of the people he'll be competing against today. Give us the roll call. Let's give him a taste. I'm Michael Strahan, and I got an eight out of 10. I'm Aaron Rodgers, and I got six out of 10. Hey, I'm Kirk Cousins, and I got a five out of 10. I'm Jeff Garland, and I got an eight out of 10. Oh, yeah. Jeff Garland got an eight. Uh, So much enthusiasm for that and for this guy. So let's get him in here. This gentleman did not play tackle football until eighth grade. He loves the Legend of Zelda. And I'm talking the OG one. None of that nonsense now. The original. He has beautiful children who are afraid of bullfrogs. And who could blame him? Let's give it 10 questions. Welcome to this man, Eli Manning. Welcome, dude. Thank you, Kyle. Appreciate it, pal. You know a lot of information about me. That's a little scary. <laughs> Just wait till we get started. I've been digging on you, man. You've been asked so many questions for so many years. I have found some stuff I hope you've never been asked. Are you ready for this? Do you know what you're in for? I have no idea what I'm in for. I'm a little nervous. <laughs> All, right. All right. So you heard of some of the scores, some of your friends, some of the people you know. You leave with a score. Ten questions. And I assure you the questions, though they seem weird, Eli, will have something to do with you or your career. All you have to do is answer, and you get a point. Now, if you get held up and you're like, I have no idea, we have a lifeline that you can cool. use one time in 10 questions, and it's not your regular lifeline. Our lifeline is called Ask a Millennial, and we have a real millennial standing by who will come into the chat and help you should you call on it. How's that sound? 
That was perfect. I love millennials. <laughs> Who doesn't, right? Okay, so we will get them in here, but without further ado, Eli Manning's 10 questions start now. Eli, question number one. Your category is billiards. In billiards, hitting the cue ball into a pocket is known as a what? A scratch. Eli says a scratch very quickly. Uh, Ladies and gentlemen, is it a scratch? Ding, ding. One for one. (laughs) All right. The rest is easy. First completion. That feel good? Yeah, it feels great. You got to get that first completion. But if that's the easy question, I'm a little nervous. (laughs) That is kind of the easy one. Here's why I'm asking about billiards on one of your Monday night Manning casts. Brett Favre told this incredible story of you sneaking into a bar underage to shoot pool with them. Your friend wouldn't go with you. Eli, um, you guys have done the impossible with the Monday Night Football thing. You've made the internet love you. The internet hates everything, and they love you. Um, they really like watching it. How does it feel doing it? You know, it's been it's been fun, and I think just it's very. I, I think it's very just like uh, uh, unscripted. It's just got a two brothers hanging out, talking football, and making fun of each other, and and. Um, uh, you know, it's just kind of, I think how, you know, Peyton and I would really watch a football game. If we were sitting on the couch watching, those are kind of the things we would say, we'd bring up things, we would tease each other. And, and, uh, I think it's playing, playing well on TV. It's playing really well. And you guys and the production staff are making it look easy. I know it's not, what is challenging about it for you? You know, I think just kind of, um, you know, going in, not always having tons of things to say about, just kind of relying on the game. It's going to produce a story. It's going to produce something you can rewind back and uh, talk about. That would be interesting, um, you know, to the fans a little bit. So, you know, you have some, you know, some things kind of prepared if, if it's a, a, you know, a slow game or things not going on, but for the most part, it's just, um, you know, kind of just feeling willing to, to say, hey, something's going to pop up. Uh, there's, we know enough about football where, uh, you know, we, we'll find something to talk about that's interesting. Have you hit that point yet where, um, like, the record scratches and you're like, the game is boring. I mean, you guys have had good games and you're like, I don't know, Pay, you got anything? No, <laughs> because it, it hasn't happened at all. <laughs> Yeah, I mean, well, we've had you know we've had some good guests. I think the you know the first yeah. game was was uh, overtime. We had Russell Whistlin in there, just mm-hmm. talking ball. The game was so good. Uh, we've been we've been good with our guests. We've had good games. We've had entertaining things. So mm-hmm. so far, I think yeah, I think if we get a, a you know a bad slow game and we don't have anything to talk about, we'll just leave. I think we'll just be like, <laughs> all right, um, I'm done. I, don't, I have nothing to say. This game's over. <laughs> It's great. And I think that part of that casual part that you're talking about is incredible. One of my favorite parts was when you guys have Brett Favre on and Peyton was like, so Brett, you know, what'd you think of the first half? And he's like, I wasn't watching it. <laughs> I didn't see any of that, which you never <laughs> do in sports. You never admit that, but that's what you guys are doing. Yeah. We're just kind of figuring out. And with Brett, yeah, we were supposed to have one the first quarter. So like, you know, he was going to pop on. If he hadn't seen much of the first quarter, no big deal. We, you know, we could have, you know, we're just on talk ball, but yeah. um, he, you know, he had a bad internet connection down there in Hattiesburg, Mississippi, I guess. And, and so he didn't come on to the second half and then he hadn't seen anything. I think it was past his bedtime. Yeah. He was, he was, he was up a little late and uh, um, you know, yeah, we were trying to figure out, you know, uh, what, what to discuss. 
not shocking that the sharpest Wi-Fi in the world is not in Hattiesburg, Mississippi, for whatever reason. But it's also not shocking. Eli, I started one for one. Let's get to question two. Let's see if we can get hot here. You used to get super hot on the field. Here we go. Question number two for Eli Manning. Your category is politics. Let's go. Let's get it. No, not that kind of politics. Trust me. This will be simple. Uh, All right, Eli. Who is the tallest ever U.S. president? Um, the tallest U.S. is, uh, I'm going to go with Abraham Lincoln would be my guess. Let me think about this for a sec. I I think I'm staying with Lincoln. You're going to go with Abraham Lincoln, even though he was in the 19th century and the the heights weren't what they were then. Is that not right? Abe Lincoln. Well, is it your final answer? Tallest U.S. president. I have no idea. He seemed tall. I don't think, yeah. but by your reaction, I don't think. Never I don't mind my reaction, Eli. Go with your gut. <laughs> I'm going. I'm going to stay with Abe Lincoln. With the top hat, though, only with the top hat. All right. He says Abraham Lincoln, despite being born in 1809, was the tallest U.S. president we've ever had. Is Eli two for two? He is. Eli, you got it. Abe Lincoln coming in at six four which I think back then was like 6'11 now, like he'd yeah. be Giannis or something. And that's without the hat. <laughs> so, without the hat. He, he looked tall. Yeah. He looked tall. Yeah. And, and the books I've read about him, he he read tall. You know? He does. He, he reads extremely tall. I think with the hat, he was a seven-footer. I'm yeah. asking about Lincoln because Lincoln is in Nebraska, which as well as Omaha is in Nebraska. Omaha makes you guys show. It's the production show. I want to double down on Monday Night Football. Eli, there's this sentiment. It's kind of what you call a champagne problem where it's going so well and people are liking it so much that there's this sentiment of, well, why don't you guys just cut the crap and call Monday Night Football the old-fashioned way? Why don't you and Peyton just go in a booth and travel and do it like that? What do you say to that? Yeah, I mean, that's that's not fun. That doesn't sound fun. I think I think this is, this is the... Uh... The entertaining thing that it's different, it's new, and it's it's totally you know it's not the typical um, deal. This is this is you know a, a new product, a new idea. We get to do it from home. We're doing ten games. That's what we mm-hmm. like about it. Uh, there's also this sentiment that all right, so it's going so well, and people like it so much that why don't we take it from ESPN two and put on ESPN proper and really blow this thing up? What do you feel about that? You know, again, I think, you know, what what the guys are doing on ESPN and they're calling the games, um, you know, they, they, they have a they do a great job. They have the hard work. They do a lot of preparation. They, they know every single player on the field. They talk with the players. They do a lot of prep. You know, uh, you know, Payne and I, we do some prep, but we're kind of we're winging this thing a little bit. And, and so I, I think, you know, we're very happy where we are. We like we like uh, our, our little spot, our ESPN two, our streaming little window and and we'll, we're, we're good to stay right there it's nice to be home on the couch isn't it and your setup looks so cool eli is that like a um one of those golf virtual things that you hit against a screen tell us about that what is your setup yeah it's uh um it's called about golf is a, is a product and it's yeah it's a, a indoor golf simulator so um you know here in new jersey it's long, long winters and uh you know i like to play golf so kind of get to go in there and hit some balls. They have some putt-putt. The kids go in there. We play a little putt-putt and do some things and they hit a few balls. So it's like a, just a good way to, uh, when it's cold, it's snowing, it's, you know, miserable outside. You go in there, you know, pound some balls, run around, you know, scream and yell. It's like a, you know, it's a little, it's my version of the man cave, I guess. 
if things get slow in a fourth quarter on the Manning cast, can we see you get up and rip some seven irons? That is a possibility. That is, that yeah. is a strong, strong possibility. I'm in on that. We are all in on everything in the Monday Night Football thing. It's been so good. And uh, you are two for two uh, by virtue of scratches and billiards and Abraham Lincoln. But here we go. Eli, question number three. I want to get a little bit into your, your origin story of the Eli Manning superhero experience. Here's your question. Your category is travel. Travel, okay? According to smarttravel.com, what is the most common item left behind in hotel rooms? Hmm. What do you think? I'm going to go with a phone charger. You think a phone charger is the number one left behind? Okay. Eli answers quickly. He answers decisively. It's like you know what receiver you want to go to, and you just hit him. Is it a phone charger left behind in the hotel room? Three for three. Okay. Eli, we got a buzz in the clubhouse that right, you are I, off to a hot start. I can't get last. I can't be the worst. I know three was the worst, so at least I've tied for, for last place. That's Already. Good. Steve Smith Sr., the wide receiver, got a three out of ten. He's furious. Hasn't spoken to me since, Eli. <laughs> I'm telling you. <laughs> so you're right. So why are we asking you about chargers, phone chargers? Well, I said the origin story. So I'm asking you about them because of this. Have a listen to this sound clip from 2004. With the uh, first choice in the 2004 NFL draft, the San Diego Chargers select Eli Manning, quarterback, Mississippi. 17 years later, what's it like to listen to that? Uh, it's, it's been a while. I, hadn't heard, I don't think I've ever, I haven't heard that in a while. So, uh, uh, you know, just, I think, I think it all worked out. Philip worked out for me. Uh, both of us had great, great careers, uh, he in San Diego and, uh, and, and me in New York. And so just, uh, I, I think, uh, you know, it's, it's, uh, yeah, worked out for everybody. I worked out beautifully. It's just one of the most unique draft experiences ever that hasn't really happened since. I think there's some mistruths about it and some rumors and things that I, I just want to squash. The, leading up to the draft, the story was Eli does not want to play for the Chargers, and if the Chargers draft him, he'll refuse to play. Now, people say, it was your agent. It was your dad. It was you. What was it? What, wh where did it come from? No, it was my decision just having, having talked with with my agent, having talked with uh, coaches and, and GMs and ownerships and, 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 and kind of going through the, the recruiting, I mean, it's not recruiting, but just through the, the, dra the draft yeah. process of talking to organizations and everything. I just, um, you know, I, I was just worried about the Chargers organization at the time. And, and you know what? Um, I felt it was the right decision and I had a little pull. I kind of quietly tried to do it to say, hey, please don't draft me. Uh, it could be our little secret. They didn't, they didn't think it was, you know, they didn't keep their secret uh, part of it real well. And, you know, it wasn't my dad. My dad just tried to take some heat off of me. He knew I was going to get criticized. He didn't love the idea of it at first, just because, you know, it, it wasn't a cause a lot of drama, but I felt strongly, you know, they ended up, you know, uh, after that, you know, Chargers turned around and they got Sean Merriman and Drew Brees yeah. started playing great. And then Phillip played great. They went to AFC championship games or making playoffs and, and turned things around and, and played really well. And so, um, but at the time I, I felt strongly about it and said, I'm going to try to do this. Well, I actually think it's really impressive that a 23 year old kid would be that strongly willed about it. And to tell his dad who may not was totally into it. 
I actually think it's impressive all these years later. So do you ever f- sit back and wonder, as wonderfully as it worked out with the Giants and your numbers retired and the Super Bowls, you know, you'd be living in San Diego, handing off to LaDainian Tomlinson and throwing to Antonio <laughs> Gates. Do you ever think about how your career would have gone as a Charger? You know, I, I haven't uh, just because I kind of knew when I made that decision, I wasn't going to look back. I wasn't have regrets. I mean, the whole Antonio Gates deal. I mean, I remember them talking to me about him. They're like, hey, we got this great tight end. We think he's going to be a superstar. He's never played football before. He's played basketball, but he's going to be a great tight end. Trust us. I'm like, yeah, right. Yeah, <laughs> I, I, that, that happens all the time. Uh, you know, so like, you know, it's like stuff like that. They had some of these guys that, you know, Drew was there the first couple of years struggled. All of a sudden he starts playing great. They get Sean Merriman kind of with the trade with me. He's, you know, a superstar. They get, you know, they get Antonio. He starts playing unbelievable. And Damian was always great and he just even got better. And so everything started kind of started clicking there for a while. And, you know, they went 14 and two a few years later yeah. and, and, uh, you know, won the AFC. That's incredible. So, yeah, we got this great basketball player who's going to turn into an all-pro. And our plans are to be in San Diego indefinitely, Eli. We'll be here forever. So come join us. And you're like, yeah, right. I think I'm going to the Giants to win a couple of Super Bowls. That is so cool. And I would wonder about it myself. Eli, you are three for three. Let's keep it going right now. Now, you're going to love this one. Question number four, your category is name the movie. I'm going to play a movie clip for you. All you have to do is say the name of the movie. Listen to the whole clip. It's like 10 seconds. If you can say the name of the movie, you're off to a blistering four for four start. Eli Manning, name this movie. Brother? I'm Paul. You must be Tommy. Brothers don't shake hands. Brothers got a hug. (laughs) Tommy boy. Bring him up. We got a four for four start. Um, we've done dozens and dozens of episodes. We always do name that movie. Candidly, E, that was probably the easiest one we've ever done, but I don't care. It's fun to hear Tommy, isn't it? It's always, always fun to hear Tommy. A classic. So uh, I love movies. Big movie guy. Movie quotes. Throw them in all the time. So that was, I was excited about that one. Movie line. I was feeling good about that one coming in. Well, we will get to the music one eventually, too, which we'll love. Um, Eli, I, I played the Tommy boy with the brother thing, and brother's got to shake hands. In so many ways, like you are really America's little brother. You are. And I think that being the little brother can be tough sometimes. My older brother's Peyton Manning. He's a Hall of Famer. He's incredible. Was there ever a time at any point in your life where the whole I'm the little brother thing kind of wore you down? You know, I think, uh, you know, kind of when I was in high school and and getting recruited and, and, you know, getting started going to college. I was, you know, probably a little bit worried about it or nervous about it, just like trying to live up to the expectations and, and live up to, you know, kind of what people say, whole, you know, Peyton, you know, five years different. So like he just graduated, um, you know, from, from Tennessee and he's, you know, the number one pick in the draft and he's got you know, up for the Heisman and he's all this stuff. And I'm like, you know, graduating high school, like, and, you know, people would say, well, he's, you know, here comes Peyton. He's, he's, you know, might be better. And it's just, I think, you know, I kind of struggled with it at, at first. Um, and I, I think at some point it just kind of, I, I think it was a combination. I think it was, you know, I was with David Cutcliffe at Ole Miss and I was kind of slacking a little bit, probably wasn't putting everything, you know, working as hard as I needed to work. And, and he kind of told me and he sat me, you know, sat me down and said, Eli, he said, you, you can kind of, you know, half-ass this a little bit and, and be a fine, 
college player and and you know play plays college football or uh, you can you can turn it up and commit to this thing and be as good as you want to be it, it's really up up to you and that was kind of the first time where I kind of, you know, said, you know what, I am going to, I'm going to go all out on this. And if, if I'm not as good as Peyton, it doesn't really matter. It's like, who, who is, you know, that, that was kind of <laughs> like, there might not be anybody as good as him. Yeah. So like, I'm going to, I'm going to work as hard as I can. I'm going to go all in on this thing. And I'm just going to try to be the best that I can possibly be. And that's all you can, that's all I can expect from myself. And that's all that really matters is, is, you know, fulfilling uh, and doing the best that I can possibly do. And I think once I kind of, you know, put both those things together, it just, you know, put me at ease because I knew I had worked as hard as I could possibly work going from that point forward. And, you know, uh, I was just, I did as good as I can do. You really did. I mean, I, I feel like you maximized it, which is all every athlete wants to do. Eli, you're always so modest and gracious, so you would never say anything like this, but I can say it. I think you and Peyton, in America, you're almost like the closest thing we have to like William and Harry, you know, like you're the, the brothers that we've seen grow up. And I actually think that Harry's dealing with some stuff about being the little brother for all these times. And I think that's part of what's going on there. There was that amazing phase, not a phase, just a, a stretch where you had two Super Bowls and Peyton had one. Were you not sort of being like, yeah, who's beating your ass in the driveway now, brother? I got two. Like that was kind of cool that the little brother had two. I enjoyed it. I'm not going to lie. I enjoy having, having two over him, but I was, but I did root for him and, and happy. Sure. He got that, uh, that second one. And, and we root, we, we, we do support each other uh, so much. And Peyton's been a great big brother to me uh, in helping with football through, through my whole life and anything that comes up, he's been so supportive and, and vice versa. We've always tried to help each other out and, and really root for each other. Uh, you know, I am his biggest fan and vice versa and just know, how hard we work at things and and we want it for each other. And it shows on Monday night. Like it, it's a lot of brothers are not best friends. It looks like you guys are. We'll see someday. Peyton will come on 10 questions. Let's see if he gets off to a four for four start. Cause we're going to question number five as we near the turn here, Eli, your category is us monuments. Here we go. You've been all around this great country. Let's see what you know. What us city has a monument known as the gateway to the West. Oh, um, I think it's St. Louis. Wait, why would that be the gateway to the West, though? Okay. Um, You're unsure. We always have the Ask the Millennial Lifeline. I think I need need my millennial for this one. Bring him in. Bring him in. Bring in young millennial Richie Bozak. Richie, I'd like you to meet Eli Manning. Eli, say hello to Richie. What's up, Richie? How you doing, pal? I'm doing great. It's an honor and a privilege kindred spirits between these two. Eli, Richie is a boomer bust. He will either know it immediately or be a complete disaster. So let's find out. Eli, he's been listening. You guys now have 30 seconds to talk through this. What U.S. city has a monument known as the Gateway to the West? Make some magic, boys. I was going to go to St. Louis, too. I mean, that's that's the arch, right? I mean, it's yeah, kind of middle arch. of the country. Yeah. yeah. That'd be my okay. guess, too. All right. Um, Eli, yeah, why'd you Missouri. second guess St. Louis? I don't know. I guess I was thinking it was more, I, I don't know, more Southeast, I guess. But um, yeah, it's right in the middle, gateway. Should have stayed with it. But Are you guys right, going to we'll go with St. Louis? Lock it in. I think we stay with it. I think all we right. stay with it. Eli Manning and the great Richie Bozek say that St. Louis is the city that is, has a monument known as the Gateway to the West. Are these boys right? 
Five for five. Hey, Eli, I want to thank Richie. Richie. Appreciate I it, got pal. You, Eli. Of course. All right. Thanks for having my back. <laughs> oh, that was a nice moment. Yeah, honestly, Richie usually screws up the affairs terribly. It's almost a sabotage. But you guys got that right. You were five for five, Eli. No one's ever gone 10 for 10. I'm asking you about St. Louis because um, of the arch. Enough about your famous brother, Peyton. Let's talk about the best, most famous quarterback in the family. Your nephew, Arch, who is a junior in high school, and he's six foot four. And Eli, tell me if I'm wrong about this. He has just decided this week to forego all of his college eligibility and go right to the NFL draft after being a junior in high school. Is this correct? Uh, incorrect. That, that oh. would be that'd be that'd be a wrong. That'd be the. Uh, <laughs> uh, but you know, he's he's a good kid, and just kinda, I, I feel for. Him. I, I mean, I, you know, I, I was just talking about the pressures I felt yeah. in high school and college and everything, and I hope he didn't have to deal with those things. I've, I've tried to talk to him in this talk about just enjoy being a high school junior, enjoy playing high school football with your buddies. You know, just you know, worry on, on that, trying to win games, try to go win a state championship. Those things are important. You'll figure out the colleges, you'll figure out everything else as it goes, just work hard, enjoy it. And, and, you know, don't, don't overlook this time of your life because it is, it is an important one and, and a great time in your life. It's so well said, and you're obviously a great uncle, and yet, like, he has a much different deck of cards to deal, a hand of cards that you had. Like, there's all the internet, all the social media. He doesn't just have a famous dad and brother. He's got those, and he's got the he's got everything and so much attention. There's all these things that you think they're made up. Lane Kiffin, the head coach at Ole Miss, the, he follows one person on Instagram, one person, and he follows Arch Manning. It's the only one. Arch goes to a college game, and there's there's co-eds lined up written, we want Arch on their stomachs and body pain. This kid's a high school junior. I mean, it's it's wild. Um, tell us a little about him, Eli, like brag. Like, do you think this is, he can handle this? Because, you know, I, I'm looking out for the kid. I want this kid to succeed and do well and be happy. I think he can handle it. He's got a good demeanor to him. He's, he's he? uh, yeah, he's not, he's not, you know, caught up into it all. I didn't even know he had social media. So I didn't even know he was on Instagram. I think I think no, Lane Kiffin's a, uh, on Instagram. Lane oh. Kiffin follows Arch. I guess I guess Arch has an account somewhere and he's the only that's one. What, that's what I'm wondering. I don't yeah. I don't know if that's really even Arch. You know, it might be a <laughs> that might be a fake Arch. That might be my dad. I think my dad <laughs> Arch is on Instagram. He's a big poster. He's a big social media guy. Um and so <laughs> Uh, you know, I think he, he's like this very reserved, he's, he, he, but he's, he, he's getting into football. Like he, you know, he, he comes to me with great questions and he wants to learn more about defenses and offenses and schemes and what's going on. And so he can run the ball. He's athletic. He's more, I guess, speed skips a generation because my dad had it. Peyton and I did not have it. Coop was fast. He was a receiver yeah. and, and, you know, he, tra- you know, he kind of, pass that down to arts because he can run around and, and has a strong arm. So uh, I, I'm, I'm excited for him. I look forward to, uh, you know, I'm hopefully getting watch him in a live game in high school and, and, and get to you know, watch his career unfold. You know, you once said about your dad, you mentioned him that, you know, he never had some master plan to make you guys in the lab into quarterbacks. He just wanted to raise good boys. I, I think the Manning family values are amazing. If, if arch, were to sit down on the patio with you and Cooper and Peyton and Arch and your father and just say, I, I don't want to play anymore. I, I want to be a kindergarten teacher. I want to be a geologist. Like, I just want to, I, I, I've had enough. How would that go over? It wouldn't have went over fine. I, I think my dad, again, he, it was never 
uh, never the plan to make us in the, in the NFL quarterbacks, you know, growing up, we played a lot of sports. I didn't play, as you said, I didn't play tackle football until eighth grade. I played, you know, baseball and basketball through high school. And so we just, we played all sports growing up and, um, it just so happened we we were pretty good at throwing the football, but you know, he, he, he didn't care what we went into. He he wanted us to be good kids. He wanted us to, you know, uh, love our mom, be sweet to our mom, do well in school and just find something that we're passionate about. And, and once you decide to do something, go all in on it. Don't just don't do it halfway. And those were kind of his life lessons that we tried to live by. Well, you are living by that here, Eli. Um, our highest score ever is a nine, and it was by Josh Allen of the Bills and Alex Smith recently retired. So two quarterbacks and we've had comics and musicians and actors. You're halfway home. It's like you're yeah. at the turn and you're shooting nine under. It's incredible. So let's keep it going. Question number six, your category is inventions. Eli, who is the inventor of the cotton gin? Uh, Eli Whitney. He says, Eli Whitney, really quickly. Is he right? Does he know the inventor of the cotton gin? Right. You're six for six. Um, I know it. My wife knew it when I asked her the question. The whole staff knew it. What is it about the American educational system that teaches us about the cotton gin and who invented it? I don't know what a cotton gin is. I don't. I don't know how I know it. Just you know, it was in yeah. there. There's a lot of there's a lot of useless information in this brain. Obviously, because <laughs> I'm six for six on this on this show. Oh yeah, six for six. Uh, you've already passed Kirk Cousins, starting quarterback of the Vikings, who finished five of ten. I'm asking you about Eli Whitney, just because I'm asking you about Eli, because I want to ask you about Eli's places. Eli's Places is the show you have done on ESPN+. Plus. My wife and I watched it. We're laughing. We're loving it. It's one of those great things when you're watching shows, Eli, where, and I'm sure you do this with your family, where the second an episode ends, you're like, another one, another one. Just let it go. Just click on it right away. <laughs> You've run into so many fun people, Nick Saban, John Stewart, Ed Orgeron. If you were to hand out a game ball, Eli, to one of the individuals who has joined you on Eli's Places, who's getting your game ball? Oh, that's a, that's a tough one. Um, you know, uh, I got, you know, Barry Switcher coming up, which is a classic. He's just, nice. uh, you know, just, this great, great stories. Just, you know, he's getting up there in age, but he can still, he knows every name, he knows every player, every coach he went against. Like he, he can just rip them out. Like, like he just, you know, talked about it yesterday and some of these plays he was going over the wishbone with me. So just a great sport. We did some, uh, some kind of, you know, skits that he was all in on. So just, you know, one of those guys, you know, he didn't have to come on this show. He didn't need yeah. to do this. And, and yet he was energized and just so much fun to be with. You guys got to watch this show. Eli's places. Eli's amazing in it. All the guests are so excited to be there. I hate to double back on this, Eli, but there is an elephant in the room when you're with Orgeron and he's ripping his shirt off and Saban, he's on the boat these guys are great guys, but they're always working. Is there not this angle whereby they're like, sure, I'd like to hang out on your show, Eli. What about Arch? Maybe he wants to become a Bayou Bengal. Like, is that not a, a dynamic when you talk to these guys? Um, well, I, I, I was a little curious about this, the whole process and the fact that uh, I don't know if it's coincidence, but I, normally some of these coaches might give you like an hour and all of a sudden I come asking, they're like, yeah, I got five hours for you. I mean, Ordron was there like eight hours. He had a full day just around doing the show. You know, saving. I'm on his boat, and I mean, uh, you yeah, know, I'm sure 
it's not coincidental that, you know, I, I told Arch, I'm like, Hey, can you not, I got one more, I'm going to, you know, I'm doing this next year also. Can you not commit until like after I film all my shows for next year? Cause I have a feeling these coaches aren't going to say yes to me anymore after you move, after you decide where you're going to college. <laughs> Send you right to voicemail. It's over. Sorry, I'm busy. I'm uh, recruiting the next kid. That's so awesome. And the show is great too. So Eli, you're basically like the, the king of entertainment right now, out of nowhere. I mean, you got the Monday night football, you got Eli's places. Everybody seems to love all of them. And you're flirting with a perfect game on 10 questions. You're in like the sixth inning and you've not had a base runner. Let's move on. We have four questions left. And look, it's getting easier and easier. Category for question number seven is Ole Miss. Okay, here we go. Eli Manning, in 2010, what Star Wars character got massive online support to become Ole Miss's new mascot? Oh, my goodness. Uh, this was a huge deal. I know. I know. So, um, I Colonel I Reb was, was going to be no longer, and the internet said, we want this Star Wars character and unfortunately, you've already asked the millennial, so you're on your own. Uh, I mean, I think I know like one Star Wars character. It was it, it was not Chewbacca, um, unfortunately. Well, you probably know more than one. You go to the the drugstore. There's balloons and toys and stuff. Like, who, who do you see? I wonder if you see this character. The problem is, this yeah. character is not the drugstore. Yeah, exactly. It's like a weird, weird character. I was not a big fan of it. Uh, did not like it. Didn't didn't really get it. And yep. so uh, did not did not buy into it much. So um, I'm not that I have a perfect record. So just like my driving record, not perfect. <laughs> no points on the license. So do you want to take a shot? Do you, this is where uh, Eli, you got to just chuck it up to Tyree and, and hope he brings it down. Is there a Tyree out there you can think of? Yeah, it's like a really weird name too. It's not like it's like Bob. It's like you know, it's like a it's like a bizarre <laughs> Bob Skywalker. Like, that was it. No, I got no idea. Pass. All right. And I picked it because it's Ole Miss, and I thought it might yeah. resonate. Um, there was a huge online movement to have the mascot for Ole Miss be Admiral Akbar. Yeah, yeah, that's it. Nothing. I yeah, not. I mean, I kind of remember it, but I, I, yeah, yeah, I wasn't a big fan. Didn't didn't like that one. It's like you got six for six, and then question number seven. It's a trap. I got you in the trap. Oh, that's Miss his question. famous line. Yeah. That's it. It's a trap. All right. So Eli, why am I asking about Ole Miss a million ways? You played college ball there. You were there. I want to actually rip from the headlines. Um, NIL, name, image, likeness. Right now, college kids can be paid handsomely for all of them. How do you feel about it? You know, I'm nervous about it in, in the sense of just how how some of these kids are going to handle uh, that much money. You know, what, what, what you know, what's an 18 year old kid? How's he going to spend? you know, hundreds of thousands of dollars. If he gets it, it's going to go to, you know, good use. I also just get worried about the, um, uh, just like kind of the locker room all of a sudden, you know, if you get a player and he's making a ton of money, hadn't done a whole lot, he's a freshman or sophomore and he's on commercials and around and all of a sudden he's not playing real well, there's going to be resentment around the locker room. And that shouldn't happen in college. The great thing about college is everybody's kind of in the same boat. Everybody's living together. Everybody, no one has a lot of money. No one's, you know, everybody's kind of trying to figure it out and on the same budget. And now all of a sudden that's not the case. And so you just hate that, 
hate to see friction and resentment uh, in that atmosphere. And so, and then you don't want to see just people transferring or having success at a smaller school and transferring to a bigger school because they think they can make a little bit more, more money there. So I, I get worried about it. I understand, you know, that these players should be rewarded if they're playing well and they're doing well and they're, you know, juniors and seniors and they've had good years that, you know, maybe getting into it or, or, or you know, using your name to make some money off jersey sales or different things you're doing. So I, I understand this, you know, where it is. I just don't know how to control it and how to keep it safe and, and keep the college integrity, you know, well intact. Uh, well, personalize it for me, Eli. Let's say you show up on campus at Ole Miss in 2000, and you are very well known nationwide. Uh, your name, your first name, your last name—everybody knows who you are. You would have been flooded if with with those offers if they existed yeah. back then. How would that have affected you as a person, as an athlete, as a student, everything? Yeah, I think it would have been tough. I think you know, I, I mean. I think I would have waited and, and just said, Hey, I don't, I don't want any more added pressure. I'm just like, I got to figure this out first. I got to figure out this playbook and figure out, you know, you know, earn the respect of my teammates and before doing that other thing. So like maybe after, you know, I redshirted, I sat a year, I played, had a good sophomore season. Like maybe after that sophomore year, Hey, you know, I, I made, you know, I might've you know felt more comfortable that I, I'd really like earned the right, um, to, 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 you know, be in a commercial or to someone to use my name tonight or get, you know, get paid for that. So I think, you know, these players can't just think, Hey, looking for handouts. I think they got to earn the right, uh, you know, to, to, to be that in college before they should, you know, start taking money. Yeah. It's so complicated, man, because you know, there's so many kids who like, like I can't wait. I'm not waiting. Like I, I, I got, I got expenses. I got things. I got family. And they can't, it's sonic, it feels like a Pandora's box. Like it really does. It's scary, but I hope I work it out because college football is still so pure and so great. And um, we only have a couple of questions left, Eli. This is the one I've been looking forward to the most. The second you agreed to come on, I was like, it is for this reason. You're six out of seven. You did drop one. But this question number eight is finish the lyric. The way this works is I will play for you a popular piece of music. You'll hear the singer, the lyricist. They will stop on a dime. The song will stop and you have to finish the lyric, whatever it may be. <laughs> How you feeling? I'm nervous. Let's go. Eli Manning, listen to the song, wait for it to stop. Finish the lyric. Just time of my life something having the time of my life i'm having the time of my life i had had the, had the time of my life ring him up he got it <laughs> oh my gosh yeah there it is have you ever felt this way before he like never never all right, we got the butterflies, butterflies in the stomach now. You really were legitimately nervous. I could tell. That doesn't care about the 18 and 0 Patriots. We'll stare them down and no problem, beat them. But that song from Dirty Dancing comes on and the butterflies start. I play that for you, Eli, because you did a commercial with Odell Beckham Jr. and some of your teammates to that song. 
I want to tell you a quick story. I'm at Super Bowl 52 in Minnesota. I got to attend it. They premiered the commercial on the Jumbotron. Now, that game was Patriots versus Eagles. Eagles fans and Patriots fans, probably the worst two fan bases for an Eli Manning experience that you could possibly get together. The commercial starts booing, bleep you, you suck, middle fingers. I'm not kidding you. It was so good and so funny. By the end of the commercial, it was a standing ovation from Patriots <laughs> fans and Eagles fans. I think it's the funniest thing you've ever done. What was that commercial like? Yeah, you know, it was a it was a tough sell. You know, they they uh, <laughs> you know, and they they you know, NFL. It's an NFL commercial. They came to me with this idea, and I was like, I don't know. Like, I I I I've seen Dirty Dancing probably more than I would like to admit uh, on this show, but uh, you know, I grew up as an eighties movie, older brother, like dirty dancing. It was just kind of on and you watched it. And, and so, you know, no one puts baby in the corner. And so I'd seen it. I was like, it's a very intimate dance scene. It's like at the beginning, you know, he's running, you know, Patrick Swayze, he's kind of running his arm down the side. And it's like, <laughs> I don't know if I should be doing that with Odell. It just doesn't seem right. And they're like, no, no, no. It's like, it's mostly going to be you dancing by yourself. I'm like, oh, much better. That that really helps the you know selling this thing. So, you know, what I, I did work on it. I did practice it. Like I had, I was like, if I'm going to do it, I want it to look, you know, as good as it can look. You know, like me bad dancing, but at least I'm going to have the right moves and you know, all effort, no talent on on this dance. And so I, you know, they had. Um, you know, someone who like teaches the dance moves, like doing it, learning all everything. So I did that like the day before, and you know, for a couple hours, just making sure I had it down. And then the fact, you know, you bring in Odell, and I bring out the broad, bring in some of my, uh, my my offensive linemen to be my backup dancers. So we ended up having a lot of fun, a lot of laughs, and and I didn't tell anybody about it. Like I didn't tell Peyton, I didn't tell my parents. Like I told oh, really? nobody until the day night before the Super Bowl. We were in Minnesota. Uh, there for it. And someone from the NFL came up to me and said, Hey, I saw the commercial. It's going to be so funny. It's hysterical. It's going to be a huge hit. And I'm with Peyton. He's like, what are you talking about? I'm like, Oh, nothing. No, don't worry. Don't worry about it. I, I finally, he's like, no, what are you talking about? I showed him. He's like, Oh my gosh. Like, this is, this is, this is very funny. And I was like, all right. I like took a deep breath at that moment. I just didn't know how it was on a play. I didn't know. I was very nervous about it. It was the best thing you've ever done. Honestly, Peyton gets a lot of credit, deservedly so, for the United Way SNL thing, which is amazing, too. This is the funniest thing I think both of the brothers have ever done. It's so perfect. You had to consider if you were down with it, and you're like, I don't know. Was Odell just game, or what, what was from his end? Um, yeah, I mean, I think he probably – I don't think he'd probably seen the movie, so he probably just you know saw yeah. it as – Hey, I'm gonna throw a touch. You know, Eli's gonna throw a touchdown to you, and then you're gonna run up, and he's gonna lift you over his head. Um, you know, okay, sounds good. So I, they asked me first, then went to Odell, and we kind of agreed to do it since I, I was gonna have most of the dancing moves um, in the in the shot. God, imagine doing that and not knowing <laughs> what the context of Dirty Dancing. Maybe it was better. You know, I think probably better. <laughs> I think much better. So the last question, Patrick Swayze had obviously passed away. Did you ever hear from Jennifer Gray? I have not. I've not heard wow. from Jennifer Gray, whether she thought, I guess, well, I mean, I was Swayze. You were Swayze. Odell yeah. was Jennifer Gray. <laughs> so I, I guess she might reach out, maybe reach out to Odell and said, you did a great job. Ah, that is so good, man. I, it was like, I was, 
this feels so patronizing, but I was so proud of you when I saw the commercial, the fact that you put yourself out there. It was amazing. It was so funny. And you got the lyric right. So you now are at a seven out of eight. You just passed Aaron Rodgers, who is at a six out of 10. Uh, your question number nine for Eli Manning, your category is Nintendo. Now, I mentioned at the beginning, you and I are mutual lovers of the old 8-bit original Legend of Zelda. All right. In the original Legend of Zelda, there were two different colors of potions that could restore all of your hearts. One of the colors was blue. What was the other color? Hmm. I feel like it was red. I feel like it was red. You got the red and it had the hearts and filled up all your like hearts. You get to have like the half heart. So I'm gonna go red. I think it's all red. Right. Eli says you could get a red potion with Link, chuck your boomerang, get some fairies, coins, rupees they're called. Was the potion red in the Legend of Zelda? Yeah! <laughs> And Eli's hearts are all magically restored. I know you're a Zelda guy, Eli. <laughs> I am a Zelda guy. It's been a, been a while since I played it, the, the original Nintendo. But uh, yeah, love 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 a good Zelda. You know, got to move you got to move some of the bushes away, get some secret secret places, and um, you know, know know the right you know right levels and and to jump on. So a lot lot going on in that game. So much. Um, and you have to indulge me a very sharp left turn here, Eli the magic potion that restores your health. There's something that is sort of somewhat like that today right now. And it's called the COVID vaccine. I want to ask you about it as it pertains to football. So you have un unvaccinated players and some team unvaccinated quarterbacks. And in doing so, based on the rules that the NFL set out, they're risking a lot about their goals, their team goals, the whole team dynamic. What's it like for you to watch the NFL and know that those players made that decision? You know, I mean, it's a, it's a, I guess a difficult situation. I mean, I, 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 you know, for personally, I'm vaccinated. I was, I was eager to get the vaccination as soon as possible. Um, you know, I got uh, four kids that are under, you know, 12 years old. I, you know, they're eager to get there. Hey, when, when is yeah. it I get, you know, approved for us? And so I think just to be able to kind of, you know, be a little, a little freer and not be so worried about getting it. And so, you know, um, I, I'm, I was always, always for hey, anything that might help me, that's good for me, good for my body to keep me safe, healthy. I'm, I'm all for taking, but you know, the, obviously people have their, they have their opinions, they have their reasons. And so I try to listen to them. I try to learn and, and try to, you know, see their side of, of the story. Um, and, and just understand that, um, you know, you try to respect everybody and their beliefs and their and, you know, uh, and what they what they feel strongly about. And so obviously they have these strong, strong beliefs and you, you got to respect it. You know, to that point, I look at a guy like Kirk Cousins, who has just been very on record that he's not vaccinated. I consider Kirk Cousins a friend of mine in the industry. Kirk Cousins has been on this show. He's an excellent player. Another guy, uh, retired quarterback Josh McCown, who everybody knows and everybody respects greatly. He came out and addressed. Kirk Cousins' decision to not get vaccinated and said, you know, that's his right. That's that's what he wants to do. However, I think as a quarterback, it takes away from your ability to lead. There's a sense that maybe you're not all in as the quarterback. How do you feel when you hear that? 
I mean, I think that it's an understanding. And I think the quarterback position is, is kind of the idea that, Hey, you'll do, you'll do whatever it takes and, and to try to win and to be accountable and to be there each and every week. And, and sometimes like obviously with the, with the, you know, COVID-19, you can't control those circumstances. You could, you know, be next to someone who has it, you could get it. And now you're out for two weeks and you're missing games. That is possibly, you know, avoidable or more avoidable if you're, if you're vaccinated. So I see the side of it and, Mm -hmm. and, but you know, it's just one of those deals. I think sometimes people are, uh, they have their, they have their beliefs, they have their thoughts and it's hard to, hard to get them to change their minds. It is, and they will not. And that's where we are today in 2021, where we are in 10 questions. Eli is around the last question. You are eight out of nine. You just passed with that last right answer about Zelda potions. You passed Brett Favre. It's all come full circle. And now you have a chance to tie our all-time greatest score of 9 out of 10. Here we go. Question 10 with Eli Manning. Eli, every time we do question 10 in every episode, it is always an essay question. By essay, I mean I have found a take of yours, an opinion, something that you've said that I'm not sure I agree with. I'm going to give you that take. And the floor is yours for as short as long as you want to try to explain why that take is right. And if I feel you're convincing, I'll give you the point. Here we go. Question number 10. And this is the deep dive. I'm very proud of this one. There's no way you know what I'm about to ask you, Eli. Here we go. In 2014, Eli Manning, you did what's known as a Reddit AMA, known as an Ask Me Anything. One person asked you, have you ever been starstruck? You replied, here's the quote, I asked KFED for a picture once. That is the only person I have ever asked for a picture. Kevin Federline. Eli, you've been privileged to meet a lot of wonderful people and luminaries and all across the world. You ask Kevin Federline for a picture. The floor is yours to justify why him. Well, anyone I take a picture of, it's really, you know, you want to be able to send it to your high school buddies and have them be just proud of you, really. And so, I mean, that that was the whole thought. And it's like, you know, if I take a picture with Michael Jordan or Shaq or Derek Jeter, they're like, all right, yeah, yeah. But K-Fed, I mean, K-Fed, you know, that's legendary. I also did, um, since that time, I guess I've also had one with the situation and Pauly D. So that was t- <laughs> together, together, both them together. You know, those are, that's what the high school buddies are like. Finally, you have made it in life. A picture of K-Fed. And the you know people from the Jersey Shore, like you are, you have, you have succeeded. You are a true success. So you know that's really the whole point is just to make you know I want to I want my high school buddy to think I'm cool. It's a great answer. Would you indulge me? Is there anyone on your your uh, wanted list that you would run up to to take a selfie with? Like, because they're probably listening. Who is the one that you don't have that you would send your high school buddies? Is there somebody? It's just got to be kind of spur of the moment, you know, it's just, it might just be kind of what's happening at the time, you know, it's like, it's not, yeah. uh, you got to be in that situation. Like, Hey, who, who is someone who's like kind of famous that maybe shouldn't be famous uh, or well known <laughs> that, you know, for not the right reasons or weird reasons. So it's all very like kind of current events. Um, you know, what's happening. I don't know yes. who that person would be right now. Um, yeah, I'll have to think about it. Yeah, you know, I'm not sure. 
K-Fed, the situation, and what, what was it, J-Wow? Or who was the other one from Jersey Shore that you got? Uh, Polly B. Paul. You know, the ha- hair. Y'all have, sim- <laughs> y'all have similar hair. We do. I model it after Polly D. Uh, I don't have the gym and the tan and the laundry as much as he does. But Eli, we have done uh, dozens and dozens of episodes. I think that was my favorite essay answer we have ever had. And you got a 9 out of 10. You have finished the 10 questions. Eli, I am so impressed. Your all-time greatest score, a 9 out of 10, tying Josh Allen and Alex Smith. How does it feel? Yeah, it feels good. I just, I, I regret the millennial. You know, I used my I millennial question on, on one. I, I didn't need. I had the right answer. I'm sure he would have known Admiral Ak- Akbar, you know, uh, as a millennial. So I'm just, yeah, disappointed. I didn't, I didn't know that, but, but not really because I'm glad I didn't know the answer to that question because it was kind of a bad, bad moment in, in Ole Miss times. You know what, Eli? Someday you're going to be with your beautiful family at Disney World or Disneyland or something, and you're going to see Admiral Akbar. And I want you to go up and take a selfie with him and have him join the club to send your high school Done. friends. Uh, the last thing we do before we say goodbye, Eli, is every single person who comes on the show does a call out where you think of one person, a public figure, whoever you want, and you look into the camera and say, come on and try to beat my score, which is a nine out of 10. Eli, who would you like to call out? All right. I'm calling out uh, Kevin Durant. Kevin Durant, Eli Manning here. I got a nine out of 10. I'm calling you out. Come on the show. Got to try to beat it. Eli, why KD? Uh, you know, I got to, uh, I got to interview him here in a few weeks. He's just kind of on, on my mind, uh, for, for a little uh, show I'm doing with, with the, with the giants. And so, um, uh, he's just, he's on the show. So I just, he, you know, he's, he's, uh, you know, just a great, a great talent. Um, I was on the basketball court, does great things off the field, just, I think a very interesting person. So I think he would probably be pretty good. I think he has a chance to beat the record and get a perfect 10 out of 10. If he can answer questions like he shoots, he might take you out. That is a great call out. This is one of my favorite episodes we have ever done. Eli, you are the best. Everybody watch him on Monday Night Football, the Manning cast. ESPN Plus is Eli's Places. And please do yourself a favor and go YouTube his commercial with Odell to the Dirty Dancing theme, even though Odell had never seen the movie. Eli, thank you very, very much. You're really the best. Thanks a lot, Kyle. A lot of fun, pal. This episode of 10 Questions was produced by Arjuna Ramgopal, Steve Allman, and Richie Bozek. This episode is brought to you by 20th Century Studios' Kingdom of the Planet of the Apes. As a ruthless king builds his empire at the expense of the remaining human race, a young ape will fight for the future of apes and humans alike. Kingdom of the Planet of the Apes, enter the kingdom in IMAX on May 10th and in theaters everywhere. Get tickets now. This episode is brought to you by State Farm. You might say all kinds of stuff when things go wrong, but these are the words you really need to remember. Like a good neighbor, State Farm is there. They've got options to fit your unique insurance needs, meaning you can talk to your agent to choose the coverage you need, have coverage options to protect the things you value most, file a claim right on the State Farm mobile app, and even reach a real person when you need to talk to someone. Like a good neighbor, State Farm is there.